Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Oakland, California's Doomsday. The song was called Blood Tactics. It's off of their new EP. It's self-titled. It's also called Doomsday. It was a surprise release on August 18th, courtesy of Creator Destructor Records. If you weren't previously familiar with Doomsday and their depictions of Chaos EP, then now is the time to get familiar with Doomsday and their self-titled EP. That's two EPs. You can put them together. Pretend it's an LP. This thing is only four songs, one of which is a cover of Metallica's Trapped Under Ice. Bay Area to Bay Area, I think a little salute. Uh, These guys uh, reference a lot of sounds that I'm familiar with. I hear some Slayer, definitely hear Iron Age. And they also even call out Baltimore's own pooling teeth as a style and influence as well. So good for them. I love what they're doing. They've only been around since 2018. They've got three guitar players. I'm not sure that's necessary, but I support it. There's a lot to keep track of here. Stay on your toes. Not for long, though. The only thing you need to do is keep your podcast dial on the dial it's on. I've got an interview on this episode with Troy Core Legends Dying Breed. It's guitarist Mike Stack. We're talking about their classic record, Take My Soul, Give Me Grave, recently reissued on A389 Records. And there's plenty to get into with that. But first, you are obligated to make a stop at the carnival nearest you or New Jersey to listen to Hot Zone. I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to end. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk about here. But the big news is school is officially back in session, unless you're one half of my kids. Still not back in school for one of them, but they will be shortly. The end is near summer 2023. I know I've uh, panicked about this for months, but now it's actually here. I, I start panicking in June, and that it remains true the whole way through until it actually happens. So uh, I'm a bit a bit prophetic, if I must say so myself, and I do say so myself. So now you know how I feel about that. Anyway, it's been a good summer, I gotta say, for us here in my household. Uh, lots of very cool things have happened. I always think I'm going to break character a little bit and make a actual personal post on social media about things that have happened, things I've enjoyed, things my family has been through. And then I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Maybe for the people that know me personally, I'll be like, hey, here's what's actually going on in my life, not just reposts of other shit that I'm up to that you definitely don't care about. I spam people with podcast stuff all the time, and uh, if they know me, they don't care for the most part, and that's fine too. I do not. I don't, that's cool. Like I have no issue with that. Uh, but but maybe every now and then I should check in with stuff that actually does matter. Maybe I should. Maybe I will. Probably I won't. But that's the way it is. If you know me, you know. You know. You got it right. I don't gotta tell you. If we lost touch, if we lost track over the last couple years. I think we're doing fine as is. Do we really need to check up? Here's the thing. I would probably check in with more people I know and care about more often if it didn't always include one of those we should get together things. No, we shouldn't, man. We're good. We like if we've if it's been 5 years since we hung out and uh, we're still like acquaintances, then we're doing just fine. We don't need to maybe get together someday. I think Those days are over. Let's let sleeping dogs lie. The dog days are over. Some people's dog days come back, though. Troy, New York's dying breed, is one of those dogs back in the fight, resurrected by Dominic Romeo and A389 Records. Take My Soul, Gimme Grave is available now, both on vinyl and digital. And it is certainly one quality package. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had a little help in putting this together. A little help from who? Magic Mind. That's who helps me with my daily to-do list, my productivity, my reducing of stress and better sleep. It's Magic Mind. It's a little two-ounce shot. I take it nearly every day 
with my morning coffee. You don't got to take it with coffee. You can take it alone. Coffee is just what does it for me. Um, if you're like me, you're very rarely 100% focused. I'm always thinking about what I can do with this stuff, what I can do with the website, what I can do at work, what I can do with my kids, what I can do with my wife. And it's all a lot to try to tie together. Magic mind helps me do that. Uh, I found this little shot improved my morning so much more. I come down here three hours ahead of time before I need to go to work to do this type of work. And it just works out for me. It really laser focuses me in on a morning like today where I want to watch FIBA basketball and see what's happening between the Dominican Republic and Angola. That's not a joke. I, I you know, I got to stay on. I got to stay on track. I got to get this done first and then I can do that. But the only way that I'm going to do that is with a little help, a little dose of all natural ingredients, matcha, bacoba, monieri, which is a great for impulsivity is a nootropic that improves attention span, your ability to process and learn new information and your memory. And that might be best for anybody. Ashwagandha. It's used medicinally since 6,000 BC. That's uh, 8,000 years ago, if you're willing to do the math. Uh, It's an adaptogen that reduces stress and anxiety. See, these are all good things. You've heard of lion's manes, mushrooms. You know what they're for. People say memory. I say everything. They're the best. Uh, (laughs) You can check out what I'm offering you is a chance to get 56% off of a subscription if you do choose, or you can just get 20% off any one-time purchase. You just got to go to magicmind.com slash GIO and use the code GIO20. You don't have to do it. I just suggest you do. You know, it's good. It's fun. It makes you feel better. I enjoy my days, my nights even with this little two ounce shot I take every morning with my second cup of coffee. It tastes good too. And that's just an added bonus. Again, magicmind.com slash GIO. Use promo code GIO20. You can get 56% off a subscription in the next 10 days or use it for 20% off any regular purchase. Let's go back to that reissue. And you can bet your sweet teats that you're about to get all the deets on that. But first, I'm going to play you a track from that record, from that reissue. This is Run for Cover, the second track on the record. And then my conversation with guitarist Mike Stack. Yeah. 
everything is past tense <laughs> all right so where where does it begin for you i started playing guitar at like 12 or 13 i would say my first real band was a band well when i was a 12 when i was about 13 i had a band but we never really played out or anything like that it was just kind of a garage band you know and then about 15 i met up with a bunch of guys from troy and that's kind of where it all started snowballing the beginning yeah first band was a band called crystal knocked which got a lot of flack for that name i bet yeah i can i can imagine we were you know we were 15 year old kids to us it meant the night of broken glass it didn't we didn't we weren't nazis or anything like that right you know? and then uh we were actually scheduled to play cbs and hilly canceled us because of the name so that's when we changed it yeah <laughs> so then we changed it to harbinger went through some lineup changes and my bands have always been more metal, I guess, than hardcore. We always played in like the hardcore scene, but I think they were always a little bit more metal. And then after Harbinger, I joined me and the drummer joined a band called flat broke from South Troy. We did one demo with them. Uh, then politics, a contraband. Well, actually, Dying Breed was before politics. I think I, I think after Flat Broke, I took some time off and wrote some songs. <laughs> but then I had Politics of Contraband. I did a short stint in execution style. I played it with Stan. Uh, did you, not to go off on this tangent, but were you, are you on that with Stan LP? No. I I only recorded a demo with them. I was only in the band for the last few years. Uh, the, we did a three-song demo that we were going to shop around. And then... We got dropped by the, or no, we got dropped by, they were signed to a label, but then we got dropped. And then we did a three song demo and then we broke up after that, I think. But two gotcha. of the songs we made it on the uh, United We Stand compilation. Okay. The, the drum from Dying Greed put out, Rick Rigney. Well, tell me about um, Troy, the city, the scene, I guess I want to say this, because, you know, now every, well, I mean, the Troy Core became a thing, right? A, but when you were getting into it, was it already was it something that was already established, or is that something that you helped? Create? Uh, to me, Troy Core was flat broke, dead end. I'm sorry. To me, Troy Core would be the first three originators would be Cranial Abuse, Final Terror, and Dead End. That to me is Troy Core. After that. It's kind of just secondary. That's interesting because I don't know any of those bands. I've I've, I've never heard of any. Well, Is that do you find that that's usually the case? A lot of times, but cranial abuse basically turned into stigmata. Okay. Flat broke or dead end turned into flat broke, and final terror, they disbanded back then. But they were the most metal. They were like Ingve Malmsteen meets Creator. It was like neoclassical yeah. guitars, and they were just insane. And they were definitely a huge influence on my playing and my songwriting and things. Because I always liked metal more. But then Stigmata got pretty metal also. Right. So everybody had that more metal of a tone to them, I think, in, in the Troy bands. Now, well, then you get into like 
later on, I guess people would call it the second wave of Troy Core. I don't like using the term Troy Core. <laughs> no, why not? I just feel like it's those. I forgot to mention another band back then. It was uh, Direct Attack. Okay. Was back in that first wave. And uh, most actually, Jay Sunkus was in that. That went to Stigmata. Uh, Buddy Armstrong was in that. Went to Stigmata. Jay Vandervoort was in that. Went to Burning Human. About all I can remember at this point. That's all good. When, so when do you? When does? When and why does Dying Breed kick off? I know the demo drops in '96. '95. Them guys had already gotten together and were writing. It was Rick, Dave, or no, it wasn't Dave, I don't think, at that point. It was Rick and Mike and Booney, I think. And then they asked me to join, so I started jamming with them. And then I think we tried out a couple singers before we got Dave, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Those years are kind of fuzzy, but... <laughs> <laughs> and then we put the demo out. You know, we recorded it, I think. We recorded it at Max Tracks. I'm not sure if we recorded in 95 or 96, or even if it came out in 95 or 6, honestly. <laughs> well, it is titled as the Demo 96, at least yeah. now. So, I guess me and Dom were trying to decipher that when we were doing it or releasing it. But So, yeah, we'll call it 96. There you go. And then, you know, we were just played a lot of shows, and we were still writing, but we wrote pretty slow, and we were always kind of a bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> So then, uh, uh, where do we go from there? Played lots of shows, and then that full length took us forever to record because, again, we're just slackers. And in the meantime, we put out the split with Blood War on Jamie Josta's label, Stillborn. Yeah. And we also released, oh, we, I forgot about We the People. <laughs> we the People came in, the compilation came in after the demo, which included demos by Wartime Manor. Dying Breed, Politics, Contraband, and Burning Human. And I honestly, I don't remember when that came out either. Yeah. But that was basically the Dying Breed demo <laughs> minus one song. Everybody kind of got cut on a song or two for that, I think, because it, we were trying to fit four bands on one CD. Yeah. But they were all Troy bands, so it was, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then the full-length Mountain, what, 99 or 2000? Right, right. Do you attribute that uh, that um, four way split to getting the word out outside of the area? I would say it did some. Yeah, I mean, we printed. I don't know how many printed of those we did, but we did a lot of them, I think. And then we also did. You know, our, the thing back then was we we did ten dollars shows, and we would give away the CD at the door. Mm. <laughs> so it's like. Yeah. It was you couldn't get a better incentive to get people in the door, you know. It worked. Yeah, especially back then. That's the CDs were still happening back then. CDs basically cost about ten bucks, and you were basically getting either the show or the CD for free, you know, whichever right. way you look at it. So it was pretty. It was a good sales pitch, <laughs> and that's due to Ted Etall right there, which mm -hmm. he still he still has Empire Live going up here, and he was What's, very was, very, go ahead. very helpful and with releasing all of our stuff and you know, he was booking the shows back then he was putting up the money fronting the money for us to make our cds and you know and he just helped us a lot i couldn't have done half the stuff we did without him was the troy scene uh it's, i mean it, to me it sounds like you guys were all working together like you know you get a lot of cities specific cities uh like cleveland comes to mind as a city that seemed to always be trying to tear each other down and <laughs> And and get ahead was, of each other, but it sounds I like think, there might have been some type of that uh, fabled unity in Detroit. Yeah, scene. in the Troy bands, yeah, I think there was. There was still competition because you know everybody wanted to be the best at what they were doing. When you yeah. stepped out of the Troy band circle, you know, I think there was a. It wasn't as it wasn't as uh, united. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, we were all fighting to be the best. Right. So there was a lot of competition and a lot of, I'm not going to say jealousy because it wasn't jealousy, but there was just a lot of competition to, and everybody wanted to be better than the other one. So you wanted to have better merch than Cutthroat or Section 8. You wanted to sound better than them. You wanted to play live better than them, you know? So there was, there was definitely um, a lot of emotion 
between the bands, I'd say. Yeah. But, you know, these days I'm friends with every, all of them, you know, there's right. no grudges or anything like that. Everybody's That's cool. good. That's good to hear. Uh, was there a uh, defined or suggested or intentional direction that you guys wanted to take Dying Breed in? Was there bands that you looked to as a direct influence? What What was the idea with the sound? I don't know if there was a direct influence. I mean, obviously, you can hear some biohazard in there with the vocals and things like that. But I mean, when I started writing songs in between bands before I joined Dying Breed... I was writing like I was listening to a lot of Entombed and Carcass and believe it or not, a lot of those songs were influenced by those bands that I wrote for the full length. You know, I don't know if you'll hear it, but if you pay close attention, you might, you know, well, I hear it now that I know it. harmonies and things like that, which I always loved. So I always do a lot of guitar harmonies and, and stuff. But at the same time, I wish I did things a little different back then, because when I was recording the full length, I was at a stage where I've said, if we can't pull it off live, I don't record it. You know, now I'm like, now I'll just layer everything up until it sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get, I get, I understand both sides of it though. At that point we were, we were one guitar band. So I was, I didn't want to go overboard on the harmonies and, you know, not be able to play it live. And then we did go through a couple different guitar players, but nobody really lasted. We were hard to deal with. <laughs> So what? So who's the who's the lineup then? Is it just, it's just four of you? Yeah, it was me, Rick Rignano on drums, Dave Rignano on vocals, and Mike Rignano on bass. And it, was everybody else also like firmly established as far as being in bands? It was Dave's first band. Well, the uh, the 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 Take My Soul, Give Me Grave LP that you keep referencing. Uh, first of all, it's totally stood the test of time. Right. It sounds it sounds like really fresh right now. Did it sound as different then as it does now? Did it, did it stick out the way it does? Not to me. I mean, no. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm one of those people that by the time I'm done recording, I don't even want to hear it ever again. Mm. You know, because yeah. <laughs> you spend so much time practicing it and recording it. And it's like by the time it's done, I don't want to listen to this. You know, <laughs> So, I mean, I've only listened to the remasters like twice. I think once to approve them and once when I got the final product. And I don't wow. even think I listened to the whole thing the second time. Is it because you don't like it? No, I like it. I just, it's, I don't know. I just feel, feel strange listening to my own stuff. I was never a guy that did that. Once I'm I done recording that I've had enough of it, you know? Yeah, yeah no, no, I, I, I can under, I can understand that. So is it, does it surprise you at all that there's uh, so much reverence for a record like, like yeah, that it's, it's a it complete does, yeah. yeah yeah i i don't i don't understand it at all um but you know i'm just going with it <laughs> yeah no it's a it's it's definitely not a not a certainly not a bad thing after the record is released how long do you guys stick around our last show was in 2001 so not so much so not very long no yeah i got burned out <laughs> Was that, were you the first one to throw in the towel? Yeah. Yeah. I got burnt out. I was doing basically everything at that point, you know, uh, booking shows, make design and merch, you know, handling everything. And I just got burnt. And then, you know, Dave said he would take it over for a little while, but it didn't, didn't really pan out. So we just split up. What was the Troy scene like at that point? Cause there's kind of a reputation. Up. Huh? When we split up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Stigmatis was still going strong, I think. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to remember. I mean, talking 22 years ago. But uh, I think it was still going pretty good. It was maybe starting to die out a little bit, you know, but it's crazy. Like nowadays, shows are huge again. Yeah. You know, we had around. a long, long stint where nobody was really going to shows and it, everything kind of just faded out and then COVID hit and I think maybe everybody got thirsty for it again. And now shows up here in Albany are selling out all the time. I was talking to uh, Hoya, of course, from Madball recently. And we were kind of talking about the effect on of COVID and the everything being shut down, I should say, whatever, everything being shut down and kind of reinvigorating a lot of people's interest, people who've been in it before and, you know, rediscovered it or people who found it for the first time. And I think it led to a big, like, you know, explosion that still seems to keep go 
keep going a couple of years later, which is interesting to see. I don't know about you, but I'm not as involved anymore at all. Like, you know, I, I basically do this and talk to people about it. Yeah. I mean, I still go to shows, not like I used to, but uh, like Sunday, I'm going to go see uh Sanguish Sugar Bob or Sanguish Sugar Bog. Yeah. Sanguish Sugar Bog. Yeah. And uh, Colin and Taylor from Twitching Tongues Band, Dead Bodies playing. And I forget who else. I think maybe Vomit Forth, which is also oh, great. Yeah. He's uh, the son of the guitar player from 100 Demons, plays guitar. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Right. They're they're Vomit Forth is great. I love I love that band. The speaking of the Young Brothers, they've uh, done a lot of dying breed promotion over the years, right? Yeah. And you know, actually, I got I got I want to go back on that a little bit. Of course, we brought up Dom, who's re re releasing or re released the uh, the Take My Soul, Give Me Grave. Him and I were talking years ago. I think I think it was years ago. I don't know why else I would know the story about one of the young brothers buying his dying breed CD off of him, you know, for like a ridiculous amount of money or something or whatever it was. And so it's, so it's funny that like years later, they both, both of those people on different sides of the, the country have seemed to help to lead this mini resurrection of a, uh, of a band from Troy. So how, how did this all come together? Well, there's a few people, I think. Um, Scott Vogel <laughs> has yeah. always been a, huge dying breed fan and always plays it and always pushes it he sent me a video not i don't know maybe a year or so ago of him on a bus with the guys from knocked loose playing the dying breed for them yeah uh, the young brothers of course they've been pushing it forever you know they got god's hate they've got you know how many great bands right. god's hate dead body i don't know the list goes on but yeah them you know and dom of course and a few years back we had also talked about putting it out with uh, Justin Loudon from Closed Casket Activities. He's based out of Troy. And uh, it just didn't quite work out. Back then, things were different as far as technology. And we didn't really have the technology to do what we needed to do to put it out. So we just put it out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On the shelf, and then actually... Well, Rich uh, from 100 Demons is the one who basically got this started. Hmm. Dom had done the 100 Demons re-release. Yeah, in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he called me up one day and said, you know, I got somebody who wants to reissue the Dying Breed record. And he started telling me all about Dom. And I, I knew of Dom, but I didn't know him personally. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know? So I spoke to Dom and it's been a cakewalk. I mean, it's been a long yeah. two years putting it together but <laughs> it's dom is one of the easiest people in the world to work with and he does amazing work i mean he sent me a bunch of albums just to show me what he's done and it was just like holy shit this guy puts out some great product you know yeah yeah of course i'm gonna let him do it <laughs> <laughs> so it just snowballed from there and it, like i said it took took about two years almost but i think it's worth it you know the product looks amazing uh this it sounds amazing you know, Brad Boltwright remastered everything. Uh, Tyler Winstead, like, revitalized all the old artwork. And uh, Linus Garces uh, kind of revamped the cover. And I think Dwid helped with some of the artwork, too. I mean, there's a lot of people involved, but, you know, it just it was it was very easy to do considering the project. You know, Dom made it super easy and I'm That's super happy with the outcome. 
That's great. Great to hear. And and I'm all, but I'm also not surprised to hear it. Knowing him yeah. and knowing what he's done, having myself right. worked with A three eight nine records. Uh, and what he puts together and how he, you know, how, uh, how you know, a lot of times he has the same cast of characters involved, Linus, Squid, right. Brad, yep. you know, but, but it's, but he works with people who know he knows is going to get it done. And clearly this is another great example of, of, of a record that came together real well. Does this, does the, the take me, take my soul, give me grave reissue include everything that dying breed has done? Yeah, believe it or not, I, I forget. So I got one here just for reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's got so it's got the full length. We did change the order. I think we swapped two songs for continuity's sake on the album. Mm, you know, it just seemed to fit a little better. Yeah, um, thought it it ran a little smoother. So we did that, and then the demo is on there, and then we've got uh, the God's Hate version. Uh, that was on, I believe it was on the Capital Punishment CD through Roughneck Records with the guys in Cutthroat. That was a big, gotcha. another big local um, compilation with, uh, there must have been 20 or more bands on that. So that was another big one. And then what else we got on? Oh, one, two, three, four, five live songs. And two of them were never released ever. So it's the first time they've ever been issued. We never recorded them at all, except for this lot one live recording. I'll admit they're not perfect, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're live tracks. You know, that's what yeah, that's what people expect. Yeah. Well, where did you? How did you always feel like Dying Breed fit into maybe not necessarily the Troy scene, but the hardcore scene in general? And did you consider it to be a hardcore band? Yeah, definitely, I did. I mean, I would call it metallic hardcore. You know, sure. Yeah, there was guitar harmonies. There was there was no solos, but there was guitar, lots of guitar harmonies that he did. There was, you know, Mike singing, and Dave and Rick. You know, it definitely had metallic edge to it for sure. But I would say it was a hardcore band. Yeah, I mean, like a hundred demons. You know, right? They're they're a hardcore band, but they're metal. <laughs> oh know? yeah, there's I always the two examples I always bring up of hardcore bands or at least bands that are called hardcore bands, but probably aren't are like All Out War and Ringworm. Like this, yeah. it's like yeah. as metallic as it gets, but they are have been put in the hardcore scene years ago, and it's like, well, you can try to get out, but we're keeping you. Yeah, right. You know, a perfect example of that to me is Only Living Witness. Yeah, yeah. They should have been huge. They should have been like Alice in Chains, mm -hmm. but they got stuck. I feel like in the hardcore scene. You know, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird like thing. Like that. That. What, what do we do? What, what are we doing to keep them in? How? Why can't they break out? It's a. Uh, it's interesting. That's one of my favorite bands in the world, and like to see that. that like for me, I just feel like they should have been huge. They yeah. should have been on the radio. They should have been playing stadiums. You know, they were. They had hooks. They had melody. They had it all. But they were mm -hmm. like stuck in the hardcore scene. <laughs> I don't know why it boggled my mind back then. Yeah, I I I totally I totally get it. They put out two great records, and uh, yeah, that's it's a shame, but also it makes it feel a little a little better for those who got to experience it. You know, like a little a little more special. Well, do you do you remember how well uh, "Take My Soul, Gimme Grave" was received at the time of its release? Not really. I mean, locally, I mean, of course, it was a big success, but I mean, outside of here, I don't think it was very big. I mean, yeah. We only did like East Coast shows. So, I mean, we played like Connecticut and Mass and, you know, just that's about, you know, just East Coast stuff. So we didn't really break out farther than that. Like Stigmato played Europe and, you know, right. California and did U.S. tours. And we never did any of that, you know. Mm -hmm. Canada, we were asked to play a bunch of times, but <laughs> couldn't risk trying to get in there. <laughs> well, like the the interesting thing to me about Dying Breed is that you guys were breaking up uh, and getting out. I was in for a couple of years. I was into hardcore for a couple of years then, 90, 99, 2000. But I don't remember. I don't remember you guys. I don't remember hearing about you. That was like... But that was before I was, you know, really using the internet the way we do it. Like, And, and I was just in Pennsylvania. So like I'm one state below and I don't remember you back then. But then like right. the legend kind of grew. And year, you know, you go on and on, and I'd hear, kept hearing about Dying Breed to eventually, you know, it, it hit my ears. But by then, you guys were long gone. Does it does it feel like to you that uh, 
more people listen and reference dying breed now than than it did when you were around absolutely <laughs> is that frustrating at all i mean is it frustrating no i it's it's weird it's yeah you know it's totally weird like i said i don't get it but <laughs> it's great you know i mean I, just having this on vinyl to me is like huge you know mm-hmm. it's it's great to see you know my kids think it's funny because 20 you know my one my oldest one is 20 right now so she wasn't around when it was going on she had heard throughout the years or whatever you know and we've always played in my basement and things like that so Mm -hmm. burning human to practice here and you know my other band the final sleep always practiced here so she grew up in it Mm -hmm. but now she's seeing it now and she's just like what's going on here (laughs) like i don't know (laughs) i don't know how to explain this to you it's just weird you weren't even born yet and now everybody wants the album that came out before you were born you know that's funny. Know. That's great, though. I it's can relate bigger to it. now than it was back then, which, like I said, is is strange to me. But I think a lot of that goes to Scott, the young brothers, you know, mm-hmm. Dharma. There's a lot of people that really, the 100 Demons guys, too. They were always, we, we were always really tight with those guys, played a lot of shows with those guys. And it's like, I don't know, people just were still listening to it. So it, it started to catch on again. You know, and then you got like God's hate coming out, which, yeah. and they will, you know, they're totally honest saying they just wanted to sound like a band from Troy. Right. So and that's, that's what I was, you know, was going to ask you that. Do you feel like you can see or hear your influence? I mean, God's hate is going to be the obvious example. I'll be honest. I don't hear. I mean, I don't know. People laugh at me when I say this, but I don't hear it. Like I, I've heard some riffs here and there that I'll be like, oh, that's similar, you yeah. know, but to say they like, like one of my friends was like, said, how do you not hear this? They sound just like dying breed. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. I don't, I don't necessarily hear it either that was with that, exa- you know, that particular example, but obviously given the name and all the references to dying breed, they, you know, they clearly, uh, clearly are. Uh, I think, I think I even saw, um, just last was it just last weekend the sound and fury fest that they're oh, yeah. i've yeah. seen them wearing dying breed shirts up on stage yep. so you know yep. oh yeah yeah oh yeah i texted them guys right after i saw it i texted taylor and i said you know thanks you know for repping dying breed on sound and fury well it was colin wearing it but i have yeah. taylor's number so yeah and then he just texted me yesterday they're playing here sunday with the, their band dead body hmm. and they uh he sent me a picture they had they did a dead body shirt that Basically, is a oh to die and breed shirt, you know. Right. It's got the logo on the front and then on the back. I don't want to ruin it for everybody. You no, 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 yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they'll see it Sunday, but they only did it for the Albany show, so that oh, I don't know cool. how they made. But they specifically made them for the Albany show, so that was really cool. Like a tribute shirt, you know. It was cool. I like it. Yeah. And uh, you could probably I'll send you a picture later if you want to put it in here. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Not doing, we're not doing video, but no, but yeah, but I want to see it anyway. So you should. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, so that was cool. I thought that was really cool. Uh, so I'm going to go over there Sunday to see them guys. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't necessarily understand it, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, what about this whole, uh, process, this whole reissue, this whole putting it all together, what's been, what's been your favorite part or what's most exciting to you about this whole project? Just going back and looking and finding all sorts of old pictures and old artwork and digging through everything and, finding all this cool stuff that I haven't seen in 20 years, you know, it's hard. It's hard to remember, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's 20 something years ago. I mean, you're talking, you know, the beginning was 95. So these are almost at 30 years. And then it just trying to figure remember, put the dates together. And like, I, I try to remember the dates of all these bands that I've been in. And I honestly, it's, it's really hard. It's all guesses. Yeah. Those days, right, were, as long were, as nobody can, nobody can prove you're wrong. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, <he's, laughs> those days were a big blur. I mean, that was the QE2 era, you know, I yeah. don't know if you're familiar with the QE2, but it's, that was the spot back then. You know, no, I'm not sure. familiar with the QE2. Was it Queen? Was it was that one? Queen Elizabeth II. It's All now right, called, it's, it's still open and they're doing shows again, but it's called the fuse box now. Um, but yeah, that was the spot to be, you know, they did shows. What was happening? What was, what was the. What was happening? Just just music, partying. What's going on? Yep. QE two. Yeah, music. That was where we had all the shows. You know. Yeah. Every band in the world came through there. You know the 
you know, all the local bands would play there every weekend, straight jacket, section eight, skinless, cutthroat, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. And then all the nationals were coming in. And I'll tell you, 90% of the time, the nationals were opening up for the locals at that point. Mm, that's cool. Locals, that's cool as hell. Yeah. Everybody was there to see the locals, you know, mm. and if the nationals went on after half the place left usually. <laughs> so they started opening up and then, they, you know, they all started building their own, you know, uh, following up there. Like a lot of bands that were big back then and would headline the queue would be like Candiria. Um, I know Only Living Witness played there a couple times. Starkweather. Starkweather was always playing there too. Uh, who else? I mean, well, no, let's just stop. Ball. Let's stop right there because you mentioned Starkweather and you just were part of a thing that was released this week. Um, you, Dom, Brian Fair, I forget who else, drummer from Bloodlet, don't can't think of his Charlie name. King. Charlie King. Yes. And Travis Stone no. from Pig Destroyer and now playing with the Cavaleros. Um, yeah. Just released a Starkweather cover for two minutes to midnight. Tell me about that process. Where did that come from? How did you get involved? Dom just texted me and asked me if I wanted to do it. I said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is I haven't really played guitar in like three or four years. Really? I've been thinking about it. So it kind of got me to play again, which was cool. It was fun. Why haven't you been playing guitar? Uh, after the final sleep broke up, I just kind of haven't really been playing. I have I lost interest in it, and I just haven't been playing. This kind of got me playing again, so I might be I might start playing again. I might write some stuff. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know if I could see myself in another band at this point. Yeah, but I could write some stuff or something. You know, I have friends who can record and things like that. So if I wrote some stuff, maybe I'd record it. I don't know. That's cool. The, fi the Final Sleep was a cool band, by the way, too. I, I actually really enjoyed The Final Sleep. I didn't know until a little later that you were involved with that, but that's but that that was also a cool project. Yeah, that was a that was a fun project over the years. That was a little, very metal project. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some killer players on that too. Mike Van Dyne from Arsis. Mm. Uh, he was, and he was in a local band back in the day called Mausoleum that used to play at the QE2 also. And Jeff Andrews sang and played guitar. He was in a bazillion bands also. Uh, Hush, Held Under. He's got a project going with Van Dyne right now. They're working on recording. Kevin Maloney from A Stand was in The Final Sleep. Hmm. Uh, Jay Vandervoort from Burning Human actually took the place of Joe Joyce from Final Terror back in the day. Uh, Mike Wood from End of Line. Brothers of brother Matt and from one king down hmm. so yeah that that's cool that, that's cool that it's all a lot of the same a lot of the same people same people still doing things yeah a lot of that around here i mean at one point i was in like four or five bands around here <laughs> is there a new crop is there a younger crop of people getting involved oh, or is yeah. it all old guys <laughs> no there's a there's definitely a younger crowd now and they're having shows in troy again which is cool at this place called no yeah. fun and uh yeah, there's a bunch of new bands. I mean, let's see, where do I start? Like I said, I'm not as involved in it as I used to be. I still mm -hmm. try to keep up on it, though. There's a band called Cold Kiss, which has members from Born Low. Right? If you ever heard of Born Low. Yeah, I know Born Low, yeah. There's a ton of bands these days, but I can't, you know, I'm bad. Should, don't worry, that happens to everybody. Spot. That happens huh? to everybody when they get that question. Everybody <laughs> blanks. And so it's, so it's all good. So, all right, so... The Take My Soul, Gimme Grave release, I think it's officially out, right? I mean, at least it's on it's on digital. I believe he's shipped yep. all the stuff. I don't know. I don't know what exactly he's uh, doing. He's in the process of shipping, yeah. Right. If, so if you ordered the record, you might have it already. If you ordered the record and merch, you're going to have to wait till the merch is done. Mm, that's right. That's right. So to put, the question has to be asked, is there ever going to be another Dying Breed show? I would never say never. Right. But I wouldn't hold my breath. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair enough. Yeah. Is is this this release, this re-release, is this kind of I guess then this could kind of be the last thing that Dying Breed does because all the music is now available. It's in as good of a packaging as possible. And with the possibility of not playing any shows, is that is that kind of a bummer to look at, or are you almost happy to Put it behind you. I'm content with where it's at. Right. Yeah. 
I was approached to write a few songs for like a seven inch or a 10 inch or something. And that, you know, there was two already that were never recorded properly. Mm. So I thought about it for a minute, but eh, I just decided against it. I'm pretty content where we are, you know, I'm getting That's too good. old for this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I think a lot of people talk shit on being content and I think content is the place to be, man. That's, that's where I like to live is just content. Dom and I actually often talk about how we'd rather just be pleased with where we're at than, you know, go. We, him and I had that discussion the other day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, all right. So, um, you mentioned you started playing a little bit more just around, you did the two minutes to, to what is it? Which is two minutes to late it's night. Late That's night. what it is. Two minutes to late night. I kept saying midnight, uh, which had to be a cool experience. What, what was the reaction like for that? I, I saw of you know a few things, but how? What was your feedback? Did people enjoy the Stark Weather cover? Everything I've gotten so far has been super great. I mean, I haven't heard anything bad. Everybody seems to love it. I mean, to me, Ryan killed it. Like yeah, he put yeah. that song over the top. Yeah, he's definitely one of the best metal vocalist i think ever like i really i really do enjoy what he put what he brings to to the mic with in all of his bands but i think he's he's like the cream of the crop as far as vocalist we you know we got the mix and i had to record video and i'm like oh, i hate doing this you know yeah <laughs> didn't have vocals on it so whatever then i get the mix with his vocals and i already recorded my video and sent it off I was like, oh, my God, like, I wish I had this mix when I was recording it or, you know, shooting the video because it was just so more intense. He just killed it. I mean, he could, he, could, uh, he did an amazing job. Yeah. Yeah. He did a great job with his video parts. So I don't know what the fuck he's riding <laughs> in there. <laughs> Is that a like, it's like a bike boat combination? Like a bike or something. I don't know. That's 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 hilarious. And the yeah. giant beer and the giant eyeball. Yeah. yeah, we all saw his videos and we were like, Jesus, we're like lame, you know, we should have put a little more effort into this. <laughs> but it's yeah. good. He he had the, you know, he got the he got the good stuff in there. No, it's good. Yeah, it is good. It is good. Do you feel like there was anything that was ever missed with Dying Breed? Mm. That's kind of a vague question, but I, I, I you can take that any way you like. But do, like sound, message, style, anything that you feel like was missed? The only thing I think we missed would have been touring, you know? Mm, yeah. I wish we had toured or maybe just played more out of the area. I don't know. Maybe that would have ruined the mystique. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. There's something to be said about that. You know, there's there's certain bands from certain areas that, like, they kind of become, uh, I don't know, not, not mythical. That's not the word I want. But, you know, like you said, the mystique of uh, of a band that's just from a place. And I, and it's, you know, Dying Breed is one of those bands. There's bands from Baltimore like that. There, I know there's bands from Pennsylvania like that. And it's, and, you know, a lot of times you think, ah, oh, man, I wish they had just got their shot, but then that takes away kind of some of the specialness from it. So it's like, well, like the only living witness thing we were talking about. It's yeah. kind of like that on a, on a smaller scale. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, rumors about us, I think. <laughs> yeah. I've heard some funny stuff. Yeah. Anything I mean, that you need to officially dispel. Well, I heard on a podcast recently that, I I went to uh, I forget what podcast it was uh, the first seven inch club, and they said I came to over it where they were working after just getting out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't in jail. I've never been in jail. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a simple that's a simple one to check. You can prove that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they mixed me up with someone else, but that's it's it was funny to hear. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's just yeah. I've heard I I've heard some things over the years. <laughs> yeah, I'm but. sure the legend the legend will continue to grow too, especially being from a heavier band from a notoriously heavier whatever, you know, where where violent shows were, you know, are known yeah. to occur like I'm sure there's plenty of uh legends that have grown into myths. Yeah, the Troy shows used to get pretty violent back in the day. Mm -hmm. Albany did too, but not quite as bad. How did you feel about the violence? I was I was talking to Hoy about this the other day. How did like back then? I think I, f I feel like when we're younger, we think fuck yeah, it's awesome. But then the yeah, it kind of changes know. a little bit when we get older and go, oh, I don't know. Absolutely, yeah, I don't want to see that anymore. You know, back then it was I don't know. Everybody was trying to prove themselves, maybe as young yeah. adult. You know, 
But yeah, I don't, I'm not into that anymore. I see these shows nowadays and they're just punching the shit out of each other. And it's like, <laughs> I don't want to be in that. <laughs> <laughs> no, fuck no, I'll be in the back. I mean, but it's, it's great to, me, to like, watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I want it to happen. Like I want it to happen to somebody. I just don't want it to happen to me. My uh, my daughter saw the Sound and Fury Fest where, with Twitching Tongues where Colin's just sitting on the railing watching everybody, you know, and she come, she's like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. He's just sitting there chilling and everybody's beating the shit out of each other in front of him. <laughs> I saw that clip. I know what you're talking about. And that's it. And I, and I laughed, too. Uh, but it's funny because, like, I, I, anybody who's been there or has ever been part of it, like, totally gets it. And I was like, yeah, I yeah. mean, a certain it age, that's where you want yeah. It is different now, though. The, the crowd is definitely different now. They uh, do things a little differently from when I was back. In it. Yeah. yeah, I was never a big. I was never into really the moshing or anything like that, though. I was a side you're, stage guy. You're in jail was... too much for moshing. You're too busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the only myth I can remember offhand. That yeah, I wasn't in jail. Oh, there's still chance. There's still time. You can. Yeah. You know. that's true. <laughs> can make that a reality if you uh, if you ever want to
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Mike Stack of Dying Breed. The song you just heard was Marked Man. Of course, that's off of the reissue, Take My Soul, Give Me Grave, out now, available everywhere on A389 Records. You can stream it, but I'd highly suggest you go pick up that double LP release by A389. Deluxe packaging loaded with artwork, lyrics, and rare photos of the band comes in a gatefold cover with a printed inner sleeve colored vinyl a 24 by 24 poster uh, with the original album artwork Uh, this is one of the hardest hardcore records ever and you'd be uh, doing a service to yourself to own it it makes you a little tougher to have in your collection Uh, your jaw will be able to take one extra punch from a wimpy person not a big person it doesn't work that way anyway thanks to mike for uh, taking his time off from prison to talk to me. Uh, I'm just kidding. He was never in prison, as far as I know. I think we dispelled that rumor, and now it's officially on a different podcast that that was untrue. So thanks again to him for his time, for his talk, for his music. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. As always, I want to encourage you to go to gettingitout.net. Check out what's going there. News, reviews, podcast episodes. It's gettingitout.net. That's what happens there. And I don't want to blather on too much longer because we're already over the hour mark and that's where I like to end things. But I do want to play you one more song. You know what I was going to do. It's a track from Mouth for War. You might not know about Mouth for War yet. Maybe you should though. They just signed to Monarch Heavy. They're a five-piece metalcore outfit out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. They had their debut LP, Life Cast in Glass. I believe that came out on 1124 records i might be speaking out of my ass on that but that's what i think happened and uh, they've got a new song called under the gun i believe it'll be available on their monarch heavy debut but that remains yet to be seen for now it's just here for you to smash your face around to they're currently on tour with no bragging rights mugshot downswing and your spirit dies that's going across most of the u.s so be sure to catch it in whichever tertiary market you find it in i'm kidding i don't know the routing that's it for this one thank Thank you for listening. Here's Under the Gun by Mouth for War. Bye bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.